Ladies and gentlemen, hear them pour. It's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK. Oh, well, well, well. What's going on, Northeastern Pennsylvania? Welcome to the Beer Geeks on WILK. Brought to you by Backyard Ale House. Mm, good beer, good food. Downtown Scranton does not suck. Yeah, wings. Burgers. The burgers are so good. Put an egg on it. That's what I say, man. Yeah. They have a burger with an egg on it. I mean, you can't go it. wrong Put with that. On it. And they have good beer. They always have good beer, which is what we're drinking today. A little in-house yeah, goodness this, this today. This stuff doesn't suck. No. We have an awesome lineup, a bunch of eclectic different beers, and we have a growler from Owls of Handen, which is, uh, is it actually in Harrisburg or right outside Harrisburg? It's right outside of Harrisburg. And that voice you hear is of Chris Deltz. Yeah. From Beer Geek Nation. What's going on, dude? Hello, not much. Not in, much. Happy to be here. Yeah, in studio. He drove up, brought a nice growler of, um, this is the IPA, Simcoe-based IPA, is yeah, it? Yeah, it's like a Northeast-style IPA, pale ale. Nice. So he's in-house. We're going to be talking some beers. We're going to be talking some beer reviews and just random um, um, beer geeky stuff, I guess you would say. Beer Geek Radio, Beer Geek Nation. It's almost like a marriage made in... I would say the seventh level of hell, but, you know, like we'll figure heaven. it out. Yeah. Besides that, we have Steve, the ever-present Steve. What's going on, man? It's been like a couple weeks since you've been here. Uh, nothing too much. I've been pretty busy running around, really. Yeah? Up to Boston. What did what, what'd you do? What did you go up there for? Trillium, of course. Oh, beer. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but it's, wet, it's wedding beer, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he needs to get the in-laws <laughs> drunk. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, what, what did you pick up when you went up there? few cases of Trillium, a few cases of Night Shift. Made out, really. Steve is so modest. He's like, a few cases of this, a few cases of that. I just got whales, bro, and that's all I got. I had a, a U-Haul full of beer. <laughs> you know, nothing big. Don't laugh. We actually know people who rent a U-Haul to go up there once, so. <laughs> nah, that was up Vermont, actually. <laughs> well, six of one. It's all. Yeah. Whatever. Once you get up there, it's just one big, was... it's beer. It's called beer, beer area up there. <laughs> and then we have the comparable meat smoke. What's going on, dude? Nothing. Just recovering. You know, uh, rough day yesterday. A lot of uh, spicy wings and, you know, one that was like 16 million Scoville units. Um, I don't know what that means. Came back to haunt me at like four in the morning. Yeah? Yeah. Well, this is a G-rated <laughs> show and you can't curse, so pump the brakes there. I don't want to hear... No, that's fine. Stories of, uh, of burning, burning, burning <laughs> stuff. Burning, burning, hunk a chunk of love. Anyway, so we could drink some good beers. Um, uh, cracked into a uh, morph from Night Shift earlier. Pretty good. We've had that one on the show before. Old Fathead's Headhunter. I could be uh, cracking into this uh, growler of Owls of Hamden there. It's a magic underwear at W-H-E-R. Well, soon enough. But let's get in a little bit of beer news first. Um, first things first, one of the creepiest pieces of beer news I've actually heard in quite a while is that Alabama, if you sell, let's see here, they're, they're requiring if you sell less than um, 60,000 barrels of beer, if you sell it outside of your premises, I believe, is um, they want this information from people. They want the customer's name, address, phone number, date of birth when they buy beer. Because people are scrambling to get to Alabama as it is. Yeah, that's, so I mean. Trying to keep them out. Yeah. They were, weren't, weren't they one of the last states to really kind of like open up as far as craft beer goes? I believe they were one of the last ones to fall. I think they were, is homebrewing still legal there? I, I don't or is know. Or were they one of the last ones to legalize that too, I think. I mean, they, got, they got yingling, so you don't need <laughs> anything else. I mean, really. There was actually another Alabama story that happened where a gentleman um, went through the front door of a supermarket with a handcart, like a U-boat. Dressed like a uh, Budweiser 
delivery person. Just had a Bud Light polo on and a hat. Just loaded up the truck, the hand truck full of stuff, and walked around out the front door. I saw that. That happened this week, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of ingenious. <laughs> yeah, hiding in plain sight. What is that old fable where the guy's like, I don't know, taking in um, wheel and barrels full of stuff, and they have to guess? Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. We're talking about beer. But anyway, that's so weird to get that kind of information, you know? Like, when, when, I, when I go to Radio Shack and I ask for my email address, I get offended. You know what I mean? Like, do those even still even exist, Radio Shacks? I don't even know. Uh, Mall of Steamtown might be the last one. <laughs> okay. Um, but, yeah, it's just a weird premise. I don't know why. Again, it's another one of those rules that just doesn't make sense in the whole beer world, but it is what it is. Um, another, I wouldn't call this weird, but it's a little bit, I guess you would say odd, is that Southern Tier is opening a brew pub in Pittsburgh. Of all places. Now, I know they just partnered up with Victory. Um, they actually, like, merged companies. So there's a little bit of kind of, like, a tie in there. But to actually, like, open up in Pittsburgh, of all places? Well, Fatheads, they have a brew pub in Seattle, I think, now. Or Oregon, Do they? Somewhere out there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I always thought that was kind of odd. I mean, they're, what, Ohio-based? I think? Yes. They go into Pittsburgh, and now they have one. It's in Oregon or Washington, one of those. Yeah, the Pittsburgh one makes sense because it's, like, right, right on the edge of Ohio. Right. and kind of makes sense. But for Southern Tier to come all the way down, it almost seems like maybe there's a higher-up that's a big Steelers fan that's like, let's open up the brew pub down there just so yeah. I have a reason to go down. But, I mean, it's cool. You know, Southern beers can, um, Southern Tier can make some decent beer. So um, it's nice to see them kind of expand out. But it's just a, a little bit of an odd one. Um, Brewdog. Ohio, you know what I mean? Uh, it's talking about states that actually had like kind of liquor issues or uh, or beer issues. They had the ABV law kind of fall. It was probably about four or five months ago where they can now get beer over. I think it's over 11% or something yeah, like that. Like that. So um, uh, one of the big reasons for that happening is because BrewDog is opening a facility in Ohio, and I'm sure they kind of championed for that to get changed. They're actually doing a crowdfunding campaign to fund the brewery. They did this for their um, expansion in Scotland. They call it uh, Beer for Punks. I guess it is, and basically you can just kind of invest in the company. You're basically buying shares, and that's how they're going to crowdsource some money. So the last time they did that, uh, well, they're looking um, to get over $35 million. That's how much they actually raised last time um, for crowdfunding in, in and, um, Scotland. So they're looking to raise some money that way. So if you want to own part of a brewery, there you go. There's your chance. Now, I'm not sure what you actually get for that. I'm sure they're, you're not going to get a seat at the board or anything like that. You get a T-shirt. Yeah, you get a t- probably get a T-shirt and a little plaque on the wall saying, I own something. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Um, and last but not least, news-wise, Bell's is holding a homebrew competition. That's kind of cool. You always hear about, you know, the big one is Sam Adams. They do their long shot competition, and a couple other places do it. Uh, Bell's kind of throwing it into their, um, throwing their hat in the ring. They're going to do it at their downtown um, uh, Kalamazoo Eccentric Cafe um, on September 10th. Um, so any homebrewers out there locally or anybody out that way, if you're looking to kind of get your beers out and about, that wouldn't be a bad way to go about it. So um, everybody's homebrewed here, correct? I know you homebrew a lot, Chris. Yep. Yeah. And what about you guys? Yeah, I've, I've um, helped out. I haven't done anything on my own. I just don't have the space or yeah. the equipment for it. No, fair enough. I also need the space and the equipment <laughs> primarily. I want to get into it. Just yeah, so, hey, some people like them. Some people like to make the car. Some people like to drive the car. You know what I mean? So, what do you usually brew on now? If you do, Chris, or you do because I know you've tested some of the automated systems and stuff like that, or do you still yeah, do like um, right now? I'm using the Pico Brew, the Zymatic thing, basically the Keurig of, of like home brewing. Um, put things in, push a button, beer comes out, kind of situation. It's nice because I don't have time. Like I have two kids, <laughs> full time job. Uh, so that's that's real nice. I like to brew um, big on quads. 
Don't know why. Um, it's um, a great beer. A lot of saisons. I don't brew a lot of IPAs because it's hard to do them good, and I'm not going to lie. You know, it's it's one of those things like I can buy a better IPA than I could ever make probably. Okay. So I gave up. Okay, but it, it, all in all, the system itself, you like it. You don't. Yeah. You don't think there's any kind of you're losing anything. Yeah, sure. There's, it's not as romantic as you would say. Exactly. But. Um, I think that's a lot of the criticism is it's just push button. You're not doing anything. That's great. And and a lot of but. people. A lot of people look at that and go, meh. But you actually have to understand a lot of these newer systems, the big ones that breweries use are literally the same thing. They're all, all yeah. automated, basically creating an Excel spreadsheet. You're loading it up. You're hitting a button. So, I mean, you're just doing it on a smaller scale, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think you got to kind of put your time in. You know, I've done all green for 10 years. So this is kind of just like, all right, the kids can do that. <laughs> I'll do this. You know what I mean? It's. It's nice. Um, can releases. Uh, this one's about a week old, but I want to mention it. Is that a uh, carton release rub, which is their uh, dry smoked porter. Uh, the only way, reason I want to mention is because it was their fifth anniversary beer. Um, carton's an awesome place. We'd have Augie on the show twice already. Super funny dude. Um, makes a lot of beers that are kind of like, um, you know, food-centric kind of beers with a lot of different flavors. So I'm sure there's some of that still floating out and about there. So if you're ever in that uh, area, Atlantic Highlands, Try to pick that up. Another place right down the street from them, Kane, just this weekend released two IPAs. Their Ripple, which is a 4.4% session ale brewed with uh, all New Zealand hops, and then their Overhead, which we've had ad nauseum. But they started doing like variant dry hop variants on it, I believe. Um, or it was the, it was the Overhead with the uh, Brett that we had? I think it was. Or that was head high. Anyway, I'm probably confusing. Um, beers, but anyway, this is a Simcoe and Amarillo um, Imperial IPA. Pretty sure what you were thinking of is Galaxy Head High. They had recently been. bottled that, but what they just bottled this past weekend was standard overhead. Okay. And the one I really wanted to talk about, just get your guys' thoughts on it, is that, um, you know, uh, other half. They did a bunch of releases this week, and they actually did four beers. They did their Stacks on Stacks. There were Baby Diamonds, a small session uh, beer. They did uh, another collab, which seems to be their kind of beer du jour as of late with a war brewing who I've never had anything from uh, called Green Print. Um, I believe, or I wrote that wrong, but the big one is they did a beer called Tropical Depression, which is a zero IBU Imperial IPA. Hmm. The, the, <laughs> how, what do you even think about that just based off of the, just saying those words? That doesn't make sense because IPAs have IBUs. I was wondering, honestly, almost if it's like what McKellar did a few years ago with their 1,000 thousand. IBU, where it is not actually a 1,000 IBU beer. I can't see it being zero IBUs. So I can see them trying to strip as much as they can out of it, but I mean, come on. Unless they use some non-hop bittering spice, not spice, but like how they used to brew with, uh, you know... Um, like a grisette or something like that? Yeah. yeah. yeah like no, a, this is brewed with hops. Tons of it, too. I don't see how they do that. I don't, I don't either. I'm curious to see what it tastes Sorcery. like. Source of there, black magic. Um, I'm sure I'll come across one and check it out, but that's just an interesting one I thought I'd get you guys' ideas on. So, anyway. We got some more local news. With? Um, so, Modern Times yesterday had their, uh, what's it, Festival of Dankness. And it was one of, like, 55 breweries that they brought out. Soul Artisan okay. was one of the 55. Also... Uh, Forest of Maine, Tire Hands, and Intangibles. So PA kind of represented mm -hmm. on the West Coast. Nice. I remember I remember Joe kind of mentioning that when he was here. Not sure if it was in the interview or off air, but uh, good for that, man. Yeah, yeah. like it, it's good to see, like, one, someone that we know locally that's, you know, doing good all around the country. But then to also have four more or, th you know, three more PA breweries 
represented out of the 55. That's pretty cool. And intangible Terry, the owner slash brewer, he's the head brewer for Pizza Boy. Yeah. Yeah. That beer, so. Yeah, he actually started up here. We had a small brew pub called uh, Black Rock. Uh, it was yeah, about okay. 15, 20 years ago, and he was actually a brewery there. Yeah, so. they're another local boy yeah, making good. Making good. So there you go. There's some news. Um, let's do this. Let's cut the break. After this, um, we'll do a little bit of talking and yammering and beer drinking here on the Beer Geeks on WILK. On your mark, get set, ready to read. Have some fun this summer. You have 10 ways to do it. Get your imagination going. Join the Luzerne County Library System for their summer reading programs. Get out, get in shape, discover stories, become part of the story. Let your imagination go. On your mark, get set, ready to read. 10 ways to have a great summer. Check out luzernlibraries.org to register. See you this summer. If you currently use a CPAP system, I've got an important question for you. Are you sure you're keeping your CPAP system clean enough? Like, really sure? A dirty CPAP system is a perfect breeding ground for germs. Put that mask on, and they've got a direct line to your body. Talk about a fast way to get sick. Fortunately, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs in minutes. To introduce it to the world, they want you to try it risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-422-1474. SoClean eliminates the daily hassle of washing your system by hand. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto. Your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. Supplies are limited, so don't wait. Call 1-800-422-1474. 1-800-422-1474. Hi, it's Sue Henry. I've been telling you for almost a year now how much I love my pillow. And now they have a great offer for WILK listeners. Check this out. It's their four-pack special. Mix and match any two premium pillows, queen or king size, and get two free go-anywhere pillows. Use the promo code WILK. It's time for you to think about yourself and your sleep needs. My pillow is the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation. It has patented interlocking fill that adjusts to your sleeping needs. It's washable, it's dryable, it has a 10-year warranty guaranteed not to go flat, a 60-day money-back guarantee, and it's made in the United States. So if you've been holding off, now's the time to do it. Here's the number, 800-544-7893 with the promo code WILK. Tell them you want the four-pack special, or you can visit them on the internet at MyPillow.com. 800-544-7893, promo code WILK. And make sure you tell them you want the four-pack special. Sweet dreams with MyPillow. You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? They're not movie tough guys, just ordinary people doing something extraordinary. They're all signed up on MatchingDonors.com willing to donate their kidney to anyone who needs it. In the U.S., 19 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. MatchingDonors.com improves those odds by finding living altruistic donors for patients desperately needing transplants. Go to MatchingDonors.com and meet some extraordinary people. That's MatchingDonors.com. Come back with a little Guns N' Roses here in the Beer Geeks and WILK. Drinking some beers, um, talking stuff, stuff and stuff. That's a technical word. We're science. Anyway, uh, yeah, so let's uh, let's get into it. Um, we have in studio, like I said, Chris Steltz from Beer Geek Nation. What's going on, man? Not much. 
Not much. What's the deal? What brings you here, beer? How did you get into beer? Where did you start? Uh, not 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 uh, beer nation wise, but personally. Right. Um, I I don't remember why I got into beer. I just remember liking to go to liking like going to breweries. Um, and the one that really kind of like flipped the switch for me was Trogues. Uh, just because I lived in Elizabethtown, which was near Trogues, and we went to visit with some friends. And Nugget Nectar had just came out. I'm like, oh, what's Nugget Nectar? So I tried it. I'm like, why does this beer taste like grapefruit? What are these? You know, yeah. I thought hops were bad. You know, hops are ingrained to be bad. The old Keystone Ice bitter beer face thing. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And so from there on out, it's been downhill. You know yeah. I mean? Oh, it's perspective. If you yeah. fall backwards and you're looking a certain direction, it might perceptionally be uphill in some way. I'm not quite sure how that works. Yeah. Um, so you do that. You get into beer. Trogues is kind of your gateway thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now, from there, like, what was there a point where you were like, okay, I like this, and then all of a sudden, okay, now I'm, like, crazy into this? Was there, like, a point where, like, okay, this is, like, now more than a hobby for me? Uh, no. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I just, once that happened... And you kind of realize what goes into beer, and you're kind of not buying into what your sold beer is. You know, you know, mm-hmm. BMC, whatever. Um, I just started trying stuff, and more and more, uh, go to visit family or go on vacation, just trying local stuff, different stuff, and it just kind of expanded. And then I kind of realized you can buy beer online, <laughs> and that became an issue. <laughs> uh, and that, I mean, that expands even more. It kind of opens up the the doorway, so to speak. Um, yeah, that's kind of how. It, and then, speaking of online, then you start doing uh, you start doing the YouTubes mm-hmm. and start doing beer reviews. Like, what was the what was the catalyst for that? Was there like, like you just like were like, hey man, I'm gonna yammer into a camera and just start talking about beer on the internet, or was there uh, any kind of jump start to it? I've really, I, I couldn't tell you exactly why I started doing it. Um, I just did it as kind of almost like a diary of what you know beer I like. Um, and then I realized people were watching it. I'm like, people are watching this. All right. <laughs> so it kind of took it up a notch. Um, and I've tried to do it, like, make it as professional, kind of take beer seriously. But obviously it's beer. Um, you don't want to take it too seriously. Um, and it's kind of, it, it's really exploded now. I mean, there's tons of people doing it on YouTube now. Um, and I just try to do it to the best I can. And I think people enjoy watching it. So I keep doing it. Oh, no. You've been doing it for a while. You have, like, uh, how many subscribers do you have on there? 38,000. <laughs> Pushing 40, and yeah. that's probably about double the next highest person, yeah. at least. How weird is that? That you know, like, really th- like 40,000 people are like, I want to know what this dude from like <laughs> Pennsylvania wants to right. say. And the weirdest thing is going somewhere and somebody recognizes me. That's weird. That really weirds my wife out, too. She's like, I can't believe people watch that. I'm like, I'm not making this stuff up. People actually watch it. <laughs> no, I, I, I can imagine. You probably get, it's probably constant, right? I wouldn't say constant. It's such a good beer. Craft beer is such a good karma generator. Um, people are just so cool, and it's just a really good thing. Um, yeah, craft beer. You know, it's just it's one of those. It's opened a lot of doors, um, and it, it's a it's a good icebreaker. I think a lot of the time for people, um, it's just really cool. It's been cool to do that kind of stuff and meet people. Now, from when you started, kind of um, getting into beer more of like you know uh, media wise, I guess you would say through reviewing or whatnot, till now, what was the biggest change? Let's start with a couple of changes. What was the biggest change as far as you, as far as beer goes, like what you like or how you approach a beer? I used to go crazy looking for the hardest to get stuff, you know, all the whales and everything. Um, And I quickly figured out people weren't watching those videos because they can't get it. Yeah. Unless it's something crazy like, you know, Westy 12 or something Mm -hmm. where people know that beer is, you know, one of the 
quote quote best in the world. Um, and once I kind of got away from that, it just made my life a whole lot easier. And I think people enjoy seeing stuff that they can actually get. That's not to say I don't do rare stuff. Um, you know, I, I always say this, but then people are like, well, you review Trillium. You know, we can't get Trillium outside of Massachusetts. I'm like, well, they're pretty big now. I mean, that new can facility is pretty big. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's going to be long before we start seeing some kind of distribution, at least into New York, maybe. Yeah, they're, like they're, they're already courting wholesalers. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, we we had them on the show a couple months ago, and they, they brought that up. They're like, we're looking to expand, you know, it's, it's, it's outside of our regional area into New York and things like that, so yeah. they haven't even t- said it, you yeah. know. I can't imagine they wouldn't, so hopefully we'll see that with Treehouse, too. They're opening a big new facility, so. And that's the thing, like, uh, distribution like that with beer is a lot, it's, it's really perceptional because then, like, people, are like, you probably review stuff that you think is just ho-hum, everybody can get it, like, whether it be a Trogues or a Victory or something like that, and other people and be like, man, I wish I could get that. And you sometimes you get a little like, oh, I forget. People just can't get this beer whenever they want. Yeah, and I, I try to review to people who are getting into craft beer. Um, I'm not going to sell, you know, Beer Ignition to people on Beer Advocate and Rape Beer. They're 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 way beyond me. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not going to. They don't care what I have to say. I I like when somebody says, hey, I tried that. I really liked it. You know, thanks for turning me on to it or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that to me is more important than trying to sell a super whale to, you know, somebody who doesn't care, who always had that beer 10 times. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's trying to sell a Lamborghini to somebody. It's not, you know what I mean? You're only selling it to a select group that already knows about that product. Right, I'd rather sell a, you know, a Ford to somebody who's buying the first car. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, So that, like, that is the biggest thing that changed for you is kind of like chasing the whales and then kind of getting a little bit, not that you don't do bigger stuff or rarer stuff, but just kind of just reviewing more just across the board, readily available stuff. Now, as far as your review process itself, has that changed over the years as far as how you look at beers or how you review them, or you pretty much stay like boilerplate? Uh, Yeah, I think as you have more beer, you kind of develop like a muscle memory. (laughs) It sounds stupid, but you kind of just know what goes into a good beer. Like you can, if you have enough of it, you get a wide range of kind of your palate just gets so much more in tune with beer. Um, And I think that, kind of has changed a lot too like obviously it's object uh, objectional subjective subjective yeah that's the word i'm looking for um and a lot of it is but i mean i always say if a beer's bad you're gonna know it if there's an infection you're gonna know it so it's not completely subjective um and i think that's kind of what you have to focus on when you're reviewing beer or whatever it's and that's the thing i guess uh, i've always thought about it it's like there's like you know there's there are beer judges they're called bjcp judges so there's there's a difference between reviewing a beer and judging a beer it's like mm-hmm. an, it's a line and the way i've always view it because i do the same thing too um is that it's more like talk about it the way i like it and then the it's like you're i've always viewed it as a thing like you're almost like a pandora for beer for people be like okay if this person likes this 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 and this and i like this this and this and this then these things that he likes that i've never had i'll probably like them mm-hmm. and these things that he doesn't like i'll probably not like them it's almost like right. cliff notes for beer because there's like there can be there's like you said like different between a, a well-made beer and a bad beer but there's also the subjectiveness of i like this i don't like that right so it's kind of like finding a fine line in there and like a lot of times like when i'll talk about something it'll be like this isn't for me, but I think it's good. And if you like this, you'll like it, but I'm not a big fan of it kind of thing. Right. And try to be as, you know, I don't know what objective maybe as you could be right. um, with it. Um, so now you do that. What is the, how is that 
the YouTube portion of the show? How has that changed over years for you as far as like one of the, you know, you weren't the first, but you're definitely, you know, the most popular person on there. How have you seen that kind of change the environment, change the, the people doing it from the people watching it? Has that changed too? Yeah, significantly. Um, the, I, it seems like everybody's doing it now. I mean, there's probably... I don't know, a thousand people out there doing it. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's just people sitting in front of their computer talking into their webcam. Mm -hmm. So not a lot of production goes into it, which is fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do. Um, so I think the YouTube, I think they're calling it a beer tube scene, <laughs> it's gotten diluted a lot, I think, by just a lot of not great reviews. Not that mine are great, but I think just people kind of throwing it in, just kind of phoning it in a little bit. Um, and I think if you put the time production into it, people like that, and I, I try to do that, and I think uh, it, it's tough. So, and then where where does your idea fall? Like as far as that, let's dive into that a little bit. As far as like not necessarily bad reviews or bad reviewers, where do you do you have a line you draw mentally for like okay, like this person is now reviewing. Um, like Google Shandy, like is that like, or Budweiser Select? You know what I mean? Like, is it like kind of like why does that need to be done, or do you think just everything should be done? For me, I've found that people like when I review quote quote crappy beer. <laughs> um, I think they get a kick out of it. It's you, I mean, it's there to be reviewed, so why not? Um, do I go out of my way? No, because there is so much great craft beer out there that should be reviewed over some maybe other stuff. Uh, but it has a place. Um, do I draw a line? Eh, I'll review anything. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I, mean, I, I think I think that's kind of like with me. Like, you know, um, those ones, those beers, like people, quote unquote, domestics or crap mm -hmm. or whatever, they enter them into a Great American Beer Fest. Yeah. You know, Miller Lite has won yeah. Best Light Beer like six times. Yeah. You know, so obviously they're doing something right. You know, so just because somebody doesn't like it doesn't mean it shouldn't be up for review or right. for discussion. But I, I saw what you you were saying. Like, um, I follow some people on Instagram, and you know, there's people that tease the YouTube video. Like Matt, Matt does it. Like where it's like, oh, I reviewed this. Look for it in a couple of days. It'll be up. Type of thing. And then there's just some people that do reviews on Instagram. You know, but. Like, some of the ones I see, is just not enough information. Like, they're not talking about what it looks like, what it tastes like. It's just like, oh, I thought it was a good beer. I'm like, and, okay, give me more. Yeah, what's funny about that is doing, I've had like a thousand videos up now. There's only so much you can say. And I get a lot of people say, so you say the same thing over and over again. I'm like, there's really not that much to say. Once you kind of, yeah. there's a, a set kind of standard as far as, especially IPAs. There's only so much you can get out of an IPA. I mean, you know, as a juicier, as like, you know, uh, citrusy or pine, you know, and you can even, there's even like a, like a wheel of flavor that um, brewers actually can study when they go to brew school. And there's not that much on there. You know what I mean? There's only so much. So when you start to get really like picky and pretentious about it, like it tastes like wet stone or, you know, something like that, <laughs> it's just like, come on. But no, I, I totally get that. It's, 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 it's a funny thing. There, it's like it, it's a catch twenty two. Basically, it's like you, you you know one of the one of the best things one of the, a lot of things touted about your videos is, is the production value to the point where you know you usually try to keep it within a certain time frame. You yeah. know what I mean? You try not to go too long. I can speak for fifteen minutes. You <laughs> flip flip out. You know what I mean? And uh, but there's there's uh, pros and cons to both. Some people want more, but then when you give a little more, the people will say, "I want less. Mm -hmm. I want I want shorter." So you kind of have to find. Your own balance, I guess you would say, with what you're doing and what you're saying and how you're going about you're it. You're not going to please everybody. No. You just got to do what works for you, and that's, you know. Yeah. 
That's pretty much. That's a life lesson, is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we yeah, I thought it would have came out of this show. Yeah, no, we we dish <laughs> life lessons. I was going to say daily, but we don't weekly. Thank you very much. Um, so now with doing that, what kind of like, how do I put it? Like, when did the kind of I guess it would say tipping point for that happened to where it was like, okay, I'm doing videos and people are watching to now, oh, I'm doing videos and now people are reaching out to me, whether it be in a negative way or positive way, even brewery wise to where they might be like, hey, I want to send you beer. Like, was there a point where like, okay, now this is weird. Now people are saying, oh, you know, I hate you or I love your stuff or like actual breweries being like, hey, could you please, oh, I think you got an old beer. Can I send you a fresh one and can you redo it? Did you see a point where that actually started happening? I would say within the last two or three years, that's really started to kind of uh, really go over to the side where breweries are reaching out to me and saying, hey, you know, can we send you a couple beers? I was like, sure, you know, <laughs> whatever. Uh, How dare it, you send yeah. me beer? Um, and again, I think people are always emailing me. A lot of people um, want me to try their homebrew on screen. Um, and that's always kind of weird because nobody else cares but that dude who sent me the homebrew, you know. So I, don't, I try not to do too much of them, but I, people like to see them. So I do it. Um, I, I, I view that one as weird, too, because you never know what's in it either, because there could be, like, you know what I mean, like, blood of a squirrel in there. You don't know. Right. And but I do them anyway. I don't yeah, care. I've gotten some really bad ones, and I feel kind of terrible <laughs> saying what I actually think about it, so I just either uh, don't review it or just kind of skirt around the issues a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, it's and, and people do reach out, and that's really cool. And good and bad. You got to take the good with the bad. Um I don't let it bug me. I try not to, but it does. But, you know, that, that comes with the territory, the trolling, but whatever. It is what it is. What's the weirdest um, beer that you were sent by a brewery? like, Or what's the weirdest brewery that sent you a beer? Like, you're like, wow, I never even heard of this place. Or, uh, Polliner reached out to me, which I thought was really weird. They sent me a bunch of their beers. I'm like, okay, sure. <laughs> they tried to get me on the uh, one of those morning shows, like the... Uh, What's the one with uh, Kathy Lee Gifford and the other lady? They tried to get me on there for uh, the Ryan Hoska boat or whatever it was. Was the five hundredth anniversary? Yeah, and I'm like, sure, I'll do that if you want, but it never panned out. Like, okay. I couldn't figure out how to get on there. But I'm like, okay, and this was through Polliner. I'm like, sure. Why not? <laughs> That's I'll such t- a weird one, Polliner. Of all, <laughs> yeah, of all, yeah, like they couldn't was, find somebody over there. Yeah. You know. What was um uh, touching back to you saying you know people noticing you out in public stuff mm-hmm. like that? I know Matt has some weird stories and it usually involves other friends of his that like realize that we know Matt. Yeah, you know that that's come up a couple a couple times. What was like the craziest one for you? Where like you like farthest away, like you were somewhere else, not in Pennsylvania, and someone was like, "Hey, wait, aren't you that guy?" Yeah, I mean the big one. I've been to GABF a couple times, and that's always like a nut house. Um, some dude wanted me to sign his hat. I'm like, dude, you don't want me to sign your hat. I'm just a dude who drinks beer in his basement. <laughs> Come on, man. Um, just it's weird because I'm not a I'm not really a people person, so it's just weird to have to interact with people like that. And I'm like, I don't know who you are, but they know who I am, and it's just, I, it, it's just weird. It's really weird because there's kind of like this relationship that you're kind of not privy to that they have with it, it's it's just hard to explain and just until it happens, it's just. 
weird. No, I know you're like, do you feel they feel like they know you? Like right. they're like, oh, right. it's okay to walk up and put my arm in your shoulder and be like, hey, <laughs> right. man, it's yeah. good to see you. And be like, who, who are you? Yeah. 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 That happened to me at Forest and Maine when I was there two oh, days really? ago. Yeah. Super nice guy. You know what I mean? But it was just kind of, it's always weird. You know what I mean? And it's like, um, kind of like you said, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much a hermit. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm a hermit, a yammer in a camera. I do it and stuff like that. And it don't really go out that much. So when it happens, people think I'm like this, you know, cause I like to curse a lot on air and mm-hmm. just say weird stuff. And I'm don't really like to socialize all that much. So right. it's like people think I'm a big socializing kind of person. No, not at all. <laughs> Well, that's with the camera. It's not a person. You just sit there and talk. It's I put, just, a, little, you I put a little alone? hat on and a little dress, and I tell <laughs> stories and stuff. So, yeah. but, it, but, it, but it's two guys <laughs> that are in this room right now that sit alone. You know, like to have a thing or have friends over and talk into a camera. So, yeah, it is kind of weird that they're like... Sit alone and drink by ourselves. Yeah. Probably an issue. But yeah. that's, uh, no, it's but called it, justification. You, 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 got those, you got those internet monies now, though. Oh, oh the YouTube cash. <laughs> yeah. YouTube cash. But, no, but, like, but then, like you said, those people watching it, it's like, oh, well, I know Matt. I've seen 100 videos. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I, like, I think I've said this to Matt before. I don't even know if I sat through a full video of Matt's. Yeah. I don't sit through mine be, be, too long. Be, because it's like, I know him. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, if I wanted to know what he thought of a beer, I'd ask him. <laughs> I don't lie. funny because my wife has seen me shoot reviews a couple times. She goes, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that <laughs> is because I, I turn it on for the camera. You know, you kind of kind of sell it, but it's it's a thing. Did you say, how are you doing, YouTube? What's that? How are you doing, YouTube? Oh, how are you doing, YouTube? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so... I'm totally blanked on a the question there. Um, so you do that. You started doing the whole uh, YouTube thing. Why the video? Why not written word? Why are, have you ever tried to expand beyond that in, in some form or fashion? Yeah, I've always I've always said that beer for me is a very kind of visual thing, a social thing. Um, I think it just loses something. The written word's a wonderful thing, but I think it's hard to fully get the full craftier experience. Um, not saying that you get that through a video, but that people can see your reaction. Yeah. They can see the beer. It's more visceral than reading about it. Um, yeah. I mean, what's nice about, like, you know, your beer, I've got rape beer. You can just get a quick shot of the beer real quick. Pretty general idea from what people are saying. Um, but for me, video has just been the way to do it. It's just worked better. No, I mean, and, and, and I, I obviously agree because I do the same thing. It's, it's like, um, and it's like you don't even need to watch I would say anybody's video up to the point where they taste it. You know what I mean? Because even like, you know, I stopped grading stuff. I started mm-hmm. to be a bit more arbitrary, uh, whereas you grade stuff. But it's like literally that first time you, you said, you know whether it's next level or not. There's either I don't like it, it's good, or yeah, this is the this right. is the upper echelon. You could sense it within the first two seconds oh, yeah, yeah. of someone actually trying it. So it's more that you can't get in a written word, that kind of like visual reaction and seeing the beer, like you said, like sometimes you got it, you want to see, well, you need to mm-hmm. see it. Beer is very, I love blind taste testing, not actually seeing what's going on. That's a fun portion of the okay. show. But when you're actually like, you know, kind of judging or reviewing a beer or whatever you want to put it, it's nice to actually see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, this is the age of YouTube. People want to see video. They want to see pictures. We're very uh, media-centric, you know, society now. Not Like I said, the written word's a beautiful thing, but I think people want that. They want video. They want pictures. They want, they want you to tell them what they want kind of thing, you know what I mean? And video is the easiest way to do that, especially with beer. And, and, and with that, especially the, being the whole beer review portion of the show, it... Um, you're almost talking to them. You're staring at them. So it's not like you're, you're like kind of talking to somebody else next right. to it. So there's that whole kind of thing going on. But, yeah. So let's do this. Talking some good beer stuff. 
We'll get in a little bit more beer stuff after the break. So keep tuned in. We'll pay some bills, and we'll come back and uh, join us here on the Beer Geeks and WILK. If you have World War II military items and memorabilia, a local collector is looking for items to add to his private collection. Don't throw out those World War II items. Contact Sam today at 570-814-8287. Whether you have one item or an entire footlocker full, cash can be paid on the spot. If you have American, German, or Japanese medals, uniforms, helmets, or any items you'd be willing to sell, call Sam at 570-814-8287. That's 570-814-8287. Are you suffering with hearing loss? Are you sick of people constantly complaining that your TV is too loud? Are you tired of asking people to speak up? Would you like to hear more clearly, but you don't want to wear a hearing aid that makes you look old? Then you need to try Listen Clear, a life-changing breakthrough precisely designed by top audio engineers to fit your ear almost invisibly. And you can adjust Listen Clear to find the perfect way to hear everything, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And right now, you can try ListenClear absolutely free with free shipping. We'll even give you free batteries for life. So call now, 1-800-900-3142. ListenClear is lightweight and completely hassle-free, and it's practically invisible. Call for your 100% free home trial with free shipping and free batteries for life. For free information, call now, 1-800-900-3142. That's 1-800-900-3142. 1-800-900-3142. Built for business. Waiting. No one enjoys it. With Comcast Business, you can do less of it. Because Comcast Business Internet is up to five times faster than DSL from the phone company. Which means less waiting for things like security backups and file downloads. Plus, it's a better value when you select the fastest plan. So do what nearly a 1,000 businesses do every day and choose Comcast Business. Unless you'd prefer to wait. Switch to Comcast Business Internet. Then add one voice line and TV for just $34.90 a month for two years. And ask about their low price guarantee. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. That's 800-501-6000. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer NC 3116. Restrictions apply. Equipment, taxes, and fees, including broadcast TV fee extra. Compares Comcast 100 megabits per second and 20 megabits per second DSL downloads. This is WILK, powered by Sherwood Chevrolet in Tunkhannock, PA. Stop by Sherwood to view full lines of Buick, GMC, and Chevrolet. going on, Northeastern Pennsylvania? Welcome back to the Beer Geeks. Um, you probably noticed you haven't heard Kathy's voice today. She's on vacation. She's got a new producer in, and he's throwing down a 90s metal for me today. So I'm kind of appreciative of it. Anyway, uh, back to some beers. So, Chris Steltz, yes. Beer Geek Nation. Moving on to different things. You're actually a, a small investor in an actual brewery that's up and coming. A Boneshire, is it Boneshire? Boneshire Brewworks. Brewworks. Um, what's that all about? Uh, yeah, I got contacted by an acquaintance that I've known him for a couple of years. He said, hey, you want to be part of this? I'm like, absolutely. Um, he previously owned Milbach, um, so I know the quality of his beer is really high. 
um, and I know what he wants to do, and I was like, yeah, man, let's do it. So I'm just a very small portion of this, uh, but you can check us out. It's just Facebook, look up Bonechire Brew Works, and we sure you be opening here end of, uh, yeah, end of September, early October for sure. Uh, a lot of red tape, a lot of uh, construction going on right now, and <laughs> it's slow going, but we're getting there. Now, uh, what's the general like vibe of the place like as far as like size, like building wise, brewery wise, the whole nine? Yeah, the, um, the one question we always get: there's gonna be no food. Um, that's a whole Pandora's box. We don't want to open right away, so we're gonna do food trucks. There's a barbecue dude right outside of our door. He like sells barbecue on the side of the street, kind of thing. Barbecue and beer, yeah. baby. Come on now. So that kind of worked out. Uh, it's seating for 36 people. Not a huge place, um, but it, it it's gonna get the job done. Well, that's the thing. Like, um, there's so many breweries that open nowadays that, like, aim. There's, like, this fine line you have to, like, toe, I guess you would say. There's some open and try to be too big right out the chute, but then some are a little way too cautious and they kind of just, like, eke along and get a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger. When you look at breweries like Treehouse that in three years they're opening, like, a million-dollar facility, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. When you have breweries that have been toiling around for years, it's kind of hard to find that in a happy place, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, in between what size you should be. And if you just make good beer... People are going to go. People that's, are I mean, that's, yeah. that's always been our number one thing is there's a couple breweries in Harrisburg, not so great. I mean, really, <laughs> really unbelievable. Name names. Come on now. now. Unbelievably <laughs> mediocre. Uh, I've been to a few of them. Yeah. Um, there's, that's uh, that sentence going to be said pretty much about every small city in, this, in the so country. jokingly, we all say, well, our beer's going to be better than theirs, and they've got butts <laughs> in the seat. So, hey, we're already on the upper side of that. Uh, but, yeah, Alan, who's the brewer, he's the main owner. He brews really good beer. Um, big flavorful beers. Uh, I think a lot of beer people are really going to like. Um, yeah, I'm just really hyped for it. It's going to be it's excited. <laughs> I have a really good vibe, feeling about it. Um, it's going to be good stuff. Is it literally just going to be beer in house only? Do you have any kind of? You don't want to cart before the horse and talk about like bottling and canning all that stuff. Just making beer in house. Well, what's awesome now is you can hire mobile canning companies, mm-hmm. so they can come and just can the beer for you. Um, I'm sure we're going to do that at some point. Um, definitely going to do bottle releases. We're going to try to get into distribution. We're still kind of working on that. Uh, but right now, we're just going to kind of fulfill the needs of the tasting room, so to speak, and just kind of brew for that. Do you do you already have it set on the size of the beer you're going to produce, like barrel-wise? Or? Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. The boil kettle is like 20 barrels. I think he was aiming for 15,000 barrels, but Alan, I apologize. I could be wrong about okay. that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, with the business plan, everything was in there. But off the top of my head, I can't remember. No, I mean, that's the way to go. Like, some uh, one of our one of our personal favorite breweries here, we go to quite a bit. It's not too far away from us in Scranton. is a brewery called Rushing Duck. It's uh, up in um, Orange County, New York, but it's, like, from Scranton. It's on just a hair over an hour drive. And you go into that place, and, I mean, obviously, this is radio, so you, got, you guys out there can't see this. But it's about the inside of the studio is a little bit bigger than that is actually actual the area you can stand around and you drink in. Mm. You know what I mean? A very small place, but the beers, every single, literally every every single thing they produce is, is just top-notch awesome stuff, mm. and that's all they do. There's no food. There's no nothing. There's come in, buy some beer, do a can release every now and then, maybe a couple of bottles here and there, and uh, they're crushing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like you don't have to have that big kind of pomp and circumstance kind of like we have food we have this we have that music night and yada 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 right, and all that right, stuff right, it's right. like the grand scheme of things and we've seen it with breweries around here that have failed you know if you don't make good yeah. beer the foundation sucks it's not going to work that's one of those things we see with some of the 
mediocre uh, breweries in Harrisburg. A lot of open mic nights, a lot of bands. It's kind of like the smoke. Don't yeah. don't, don't look behind the curtain. Look you know? over there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, have some beer. Don't worry about how it tastes. Yeah, I, I think the big thing too, like um, not just the size of a place or the, you know, the quality should come first. Mm-hmm. You know, some people don't think that. I guess, mm-hmm. but um, you know, like I said, some people get. I don't know stars in your eyes or the the distribution end. I, I want we want to be like just like this brewery that's distributing, right? I don't know. For me, the more I've been into the the beer industry and the more I've been into the craft beer industry, is like I'd rather have that place that's a destination. Go to the place, have a beer, sit down, hang out with friends. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, a food trucks outside, right. stuff like that. I mean, I think that is kind of where this business should be going. Yeah. Because you're not going to compete with the Bells and the, you know, the founders and, and these guys that have millions and millions of dollars behind them. And as far as I'm concerned, the age of really big breweries, you know, your Stone, your Victory, those guys, I don't think we're ever going to see any more of those. Um, I think you're going to start to see more of the, the Trilliums and the tree houses where small place kind of explodes within three years or opening production facility. They're going to be there for the next 10, 15 years or whatever. They're not looking to be a stone or a victory or a bells, you know. We 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 talked about this with um with Augie Carton from Carton Brewing about like the like the whole like joke about the beer bubble like uh, bursting. It's it, it it's not going to burst, and, and it's pretty much exactly what you said. It's gonna it's kind of kind of fall back to a more regional business model to where everybody's going to have all these great little breweries within right. their in their area. It almost needs to be like um the the industry needs to. I, I don't want to divide the industry literally. I'm saying figuratively, like those breweries, like your Stone and stuff like that. There's, they're, they're a middle brewery now. They're not, they're not, they're craft, but mm-hmm. they're somewhere between, you know, Sam Adams and Trillium. There's a level. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And that's where they are. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's some breweries that want to get to that level. You know what I mean? Like Lagunitas is actively pushed to try to get to that level. Same thing with a lot of like New Belgium. Like we think about them now at that level, but up until like, Five years ago, they weren't. You know what I mean? It's they made that push to get get there. Mm-hmm. Oscar Blues is another one. There's a bunch of them trying to get there. I, I think I think you'll see more of what we just talked about before with uh, Southern Tier Victory. Also, like ones that don't want to get bought out by AB and Bev or Miller. Mm-hmm. Coming together, like the regional, Northeast PA and Southern, you know, Southern New York, or well, PA in New York, and like they're gonna get to that middle tier by being together. And there's also, you have to understand, too, there's people like Tony McGee at Lagunitas, or you're talking about Logston Brewing, stuff like that, where they're selling out. They're not selling out. They're old dudes, and they just don't want to work anymore. And what are they going to do? Do you know what I mean? Some don't have a lineage to pass it on to, nor or they don't want to. So you just, you know, sell the brewery and then go from there. There's nothing wrong with that. I would never, ever be like, oh, poop on that guy for making millions of dollars off the thing that he's blood, sweat, and teared for the past 30 years, you know? Um, but at the same time, too, there's some breweries that are actively just trying to become that big thing, but then there's other ones that are do not give any poops about it. Like uh, Odell Brewing is one of the big ones out west. They just never want to become a big brewery. They just want to stay regional and do their own thing. It, it, neither is more right or or more less wrong. You know what I mean? They're both okay to do. Mm-hmm. It just has to be with, like, what do you want to do with your brewery? Right. Um, so let's talk some beers. What beer, what's your favorite beer? Of all time? Of all time. Uh, Honestly, probably Allagash Curio. 
Love that beer. If I could only have one more beer before I died, that would be it. Okay. And they just released uh, James Bean, which is the coffee version of that thing. We had it a couple Good weeks, two weeks Lord, ago. Lord, I love that beer. Yeah. yeah Allegash has always been... Allegash is that one brewery that kind of like, um, I don't want to say irritates me, but like um, about 10, no, not even 10 years ago, about 15 years ago, it was so readily available, you couldn't mm-hmm. even do anything. But like, I would go to my local pizza place down the street from where I lived and it wasn't like a crazy beer place and I'd be pulling 750's Valagash Grand Cru for $6.50 and it was all day you could just do it whenever you wanted and then gone are those days gone are those days <laughs> it's, it's it, things got well they pulled out of this area yeah. and retracted and I think they actually left Philly for a while then came back didn't they yep so it's like you know what I mean well, beer took off and ruined my stuff well actually our area it was the wholesaler they actually like got Allagash mad and they said we're not giving you the beer and he said I'm not selling it and that was the end of that one I could see that happen and everybody suffers for yeah. it yeah jerks and honestly the other beer I always say that I really just would be happy with never having another beer again Stone and Joy Buy you know it seems like I love Trillium I love all these Northeast IPAs but man Stone and Joy Buy solid as a rock every single time love it especially the unfiltered one it's fantastic yeah, I'm not a big stone guy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's a huge beer, fan uh, <laughs> beer. Beer you really don't like. Hey, you can you can pass on this one if you don't want to name names. Beer I really don't like. Uh, beer you really don't like that everybody is just kind of like, oh, this is really good stuff. Sierra Vapelo. Okay. Oh, yeah. You, you definitely made that note the beer. other day. Like, I've had that beer fresh on tap at the brewery. I understand its importance in the, in the big picture. I get that, but I'm just not a fan. Like, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I think mine, mine kind of like Lagunitas and Stone. Like Lagunitas has some things I like, but the ones that everyone's just like, you gotta try it, you gotta try it. No, See, same I, with Stone. I, I dig Lagunitas. I'm not a big West Coast IPA guy, so do you yeah, know what I mean? I mean that's it, 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 so it, ha- it has a lot to do with that. But uh, it, even with Lagunitas, they t- uh, skew a little bit more weedy, danky on a, on a scale rather than piney, danky. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not that kind of piney kind of guy. What's a uh, what's a brewery that you're like if you had a you, I, you said Allagash for the Curo but like if you had to just be like okay one brewery that you had to live with probably the brewery out of California uh, those guys Good try you never get to, you never get to have an IPA again then they you know what's funny they do an IPL called <laughs> I know they're skirting the line they yeah, said they never yeah. make one now they're kind of thing is awesome that thing is awesome <laughs> but I get it. Um, but they try so many different things, so many different styles of beers, and they just keep trying it, and they keep nailing them. They're not all great, um, but, you know, the ones they do nail, they nail. So I just think that I give always give them a thumbs up. That's another bre- weird brewery that kind of, like, you you had to bootleg it, and now you just pretty much almost get whatever you want from them. Yeah. Sans the big, huge releases, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. What else? I had another question on my, on my sleeve that I'm forgetting here. Um, whoa. Totally blanking on this one. I How no are you guys liking this Hall River? Um, the one on Stop It. <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. Other best of. Let's see. We had that one over the beer you don't like. Best beer. Oh, beer you still haven't chased down. The one that you're like, I still want to try this beer, and I've never uh, had it. Barrel aged. Um, oh, Jesus. Uh, what's the Three Floyds Imperial Stout? Dark Lord. Dark, Dark Lord. Lord. Yeah, barrel aged Dark Lord. <laughs> Couldn't <laughs> Uh, I've never had that one. Steve has seven at his house. He actually probably does. I don't have any barrel age, but I've got a bunch of 
<laughs> I'm, I'm setting up a vertical of the base. <laughs> you disappointed me, Steve. <laughs> I expected you to have 19 of them. Thank you very much. It's right, next, it's, 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 it's right next to like his three SR-71s, Assassins. Uh, KVBS. Um, beer you don't get. Not necessarily that you, 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 you can enjoy it, you like it, mm-hmm. you think it's a f- quite fine beer, but people just go straight up bonkers for it. Oh. Uh, I'm putting them on the spot here, people, so bear with us. Um, I'm not a big sour guy. I know a lot of people really like sours. They can't get enough of them. I like a really good, like, I think Cantillon. I like when they skirt the line between funky and sour. I don't like the lactic acid bombs. It's just rip your nose. Cascade, no. I don't get them, um, but people (laughs) seem to love them. That's one of those ones, like, I'm just not a sour guy. Yeah, no, I'm exactly the same way. If I have that super like apple cider vinegar acidic yeah, craziness, I one I fetal position heartburn, yeah. and two it just it just doesn't do anything with me. More more like the wild ale funk bombs, right? Right, is right. Is what right, you're looking yeah. for, like a, the cantillons, like the bios. Instead of they, yeah, exactly. They or they just I don't like the ones where they ferment it and then they just add lactic acid or add lacto to it just to like sour it up for no real good reason except to sour it. And I just I don't know, not my thing, but barrel aged beers. Do they keep growing, or do you think they kind of reached a peak? I hope so. Uh, I don't see why they wouldn't. Um, barrels are getting a lot more expensive, um, so they're a little, it's cost prohibitive for a lot of smaller breweries. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see more and more and more. They're out there. Bigger breweries are starting to buy them up, though. Like, I mean, Lagunitas now is a big barrel aging yep. program. So. Or they're starting their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, a beer style you think is vastly underappreciated? Uh, Saison's. I don't think people realize how, like, a blank canvas that is. Um, we're going to start to see hoppy saisons, I think, are going to start to become a real big thing now, especially with the wheat IPAs, the New England-style IPAs. Somebody's going to do a really hoppy saison. Uh, I have one locally. I can't remember the name that I really liked, and it was really good. And maybe uh, maybe this is a riff on that question. Do you ever think, do you think we'll get, I've always said the next big thing. Everybody keeps saying the next big thing is going to be sours. Well, I don't think. It's going to be the next big thing. There's just going to be a big thing. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, this is more hope than think, that eventually people are going to catch on the yeast and it's more like your Belgians and Saisons and stuff like that. There's so much flavor to be derived from that. People yeah. don't understand you can not You can get flavor besides from hops. You think that'll ever take off? I hope so. Um, one of the big, uh, the other big style I always say is uh, Belgian triples. I love a good Belgian triple. You love your banana then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clothes for days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, yeah, you're, it, absolutely. Uh, I think hops are always going to be there. But, again, they're going to get more and more expensive as more and more breweries start doing these big hop bombs. So they're going to have to resort to a different type of flavoring, a different adjunct. And who knows? I mean, it's there's some crazy stuff out there. I had a Bloody Mary beer yesterday. Not great, but it was a Bloody Mary beer. So <laughs> There you go. Bloody Mary beers, man. That's a weird one. Isn't that chalapa? Anyway, yeah. that's it for the show. Join us next week when we have Single Cut Brewing on, taking area by storm, making good beers. So we hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll catch you next week on the Beer Geeks and WILK. Cheers. Cheers.